Welcome back to the IoT Podcast. I'm your host, Tom White. Every week, we are joined by the biggest names in IoT to unravel the trends, misconceptions, and predictions for the Internet of Things. Before we get into today's episode, don't forget to subscribe on whichever platform you're watching or listening on and turn on that notification bell so you're never out of the loop. Today's episode, I am joined by Samir Bhunab, CEO at Patekio, an on-demand IoT software partner. With 15 years of international corporate experience in the tech industry, Samir has extensive experience in leading and redesigning businesses from A to Z, with an entrepreneurial mindset that focuses on think big, act small, and scale fast. In this episode, we'll be discussing the organizational implications of IoT and the reasons behind product failures highlighting the common challenges faced, including culture, leadership, and alignment. This episode offers strategies for improving IoT project success, managing complexity, and advising mindset shifts for companies struggling with failures. Before we get into the episode, shout out to our sponsor today, 5 Tech. 5 Tech are specialists in finding people who make technology a force for good in the world. They bridge the gap between talent and deep tech businesses around the globe. Click the link in the description to find out more. Hey, Samir, welcome to the IoT podcast. Hello, Tom. Thanks a lot and thanks for hosting me today. Thank you. It's, it's been a long time coming and, uh, you know, I've, I've wanted to get you on for a while. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're finally here and I'm glad we've been able to make it happen. Um, so, Samir, for, for people that don't know who you are, as customary yeah. in every podcast in the world ever, uh, could you introduce yourself, your background and how you got into IoT? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm Samir Bounab, I'm the CEO of uh, WeTechU, a software design house. Uh, I've been in tech for 16 years um, and I've been starting with telecommunication, so that was kind of IoT, before IoT. And I've always been in international B2B high tech like that. And I, I'm really driven by those kind of use cases where you can do things remotely somehow. Uh, connect, uh, get to know what's happening remotely and, and interact with things remotely. It's kind of magic to me. So I always, always like to, to be in that field. Um, so I could, I, I could go for hours about me, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I think it's not the topic of today. So well, it's, it's, a little, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little bit about you. Um, well, thank you for that. And can you explain what Wetechio does for viewers and listeners that don't, that don't know? Yeah. So what we do is um, we bring device to life uh, thanks to software. So we take technological devices with hardware and we build the software on top. So meaning that we design, build, uh, maintain software and embedded software for um, high tech makers. So that could be coffee makers, uh, coffee machine makers, crane manufacturers, medical devices. Uh, it could be um, smart home companies that are willing to benefit from uh, advanced skills. Uh, on the firmware, on the application, on the connectivity, on the security, on the on the complete stack, and where we help those R&D team to successfully launch their products on the market on time and with the right level of quality. Fantastic! Thank you very much. And and for for the folks listening on YouTube, so effectively, uh, this is an aura ring. Uh, with Techio could fully manage this proof of concept, implement it, debug it, do everything basically. That's uh, that's what they're that's what they're known for, and some incredibly talented people work at the business 
Uh, I say that because I've got some mates that work in the business as well. So if they're listening, they probably want me to probably shout them out in some way. So that's why I've said that. <laughs> uh, but, but, but genuinely, I've known Obotechio for, for a number of years. Really good name in the industry, strong presence. Um, you know, I think sometimes in the industry, you kind of get people that kind of understand it from a topical basis and people that really have deep roots and really get it. And Obotechio clearly are in that in that latter group that really understand it so again thank you very much for coming on to no the show. thanks thanks a lot and indeed we are really focusing on embedded and devices since 20 years which gives us that kind of deepness on those fields yeah uh, and, and we are focusing on the western world somehow so us europe and we have around 200 people a bit less than 200 people so we are not uh, giants but uh, because we are specialized Still, we have the critical size which is needed to address a serious project, let's say. Yeah. Do you know what? Sometimes that's quite nice, though, as well, Samir, because I think when businesses uh, entrust some development or want to outsource some features to a company, they want it to mean something to them. And I think when you have super large system integrators and professional services that are 20 odd thousand people, you know, some could say and some could argue that the quality of the work done perhaps isn't as uh as, as special as it could be in a, in a smaller size outfit because it means more to a company like you right i would say you know you've got a yeah, big that's you, true. you know um and i and i can say that from my business you know we're about 50 people now and you know when we win big ticket customers it means a lot to us we're passionate about it so um, <laughs> uh I, I completely get that so um, obviously today is all about IoT um, and we've got really an interesting kind of topic to go into. I know when we did our discovery call, I was, I was really enthusiastic about it because I think sometimes in the industry, people can skirt around issues associated to the growth and adoption of IoT and also the misconception of what IoT actually is, you know, IoT being a concept more than anything, right, in, enabling uh, objects and environments connect, connected to the internet. So I know today we want to talk about organizational implication of IoT. Why products and, organization, uh, and organizations are failing sometimes to go to market uh, and, and deliver the services that they said that they have. So, you know, quite a lot to get into here, but could you um, just start, Samir, by explaining and elaborating on that concept of organizational implications of IoT and why it's really important for businesses to understand that. Yeah, thanks for the question. Well, um, I've been in that field since many years and listening to many podcasts, reading a lot of articles, seeing a lot of customers um, and seeing a lot of content about it. And I think I, I, I'm a bit tired as well of the focus, which is uh, a lot on on. on get the use case, uh, you need to have a good ROI, you need to have a meaningful use case, that's fine, we, we got it. It's been years, Every, everybody is saying that. So why still 90% of CIOT projects are failing? If you look at Ericsson studies, all those kind of guys, and I would assume that that's the right number. Um, because I think there is a blind spot and uh, a lot of people in our field will, will focus maybe too much, well, first on technology, but, but second on that thing about the use case. And that organizational thing is really important. And somehow I would love that people could consider that a bit more so we see those projects more successful. Um, I, so I'll, I'll detail a bit more. There. Let, let, let's 
take as an assumption, so, so we are done with the topic about the use case, that you have a meaningful use case. Let's say a connected nozzle for agriculture. Something that will help a farmer to monitor the insurance, uh, see where he goes on the land, make sure he doesn't forget any uh, area, and make sure that the thing um, is uh, using as less insurance as possible. So let's say it's meaningful because he will save money, he will have a, a better uh, farming uh, efficiency somehow. So that is done. Let's park that. Uh, as opposed to a lot of IoT use cases that are, uh, to be fair, not so evolved nor so useful on the long run and that can fail. But let's park that uh, somewhere else. Uh, and there you can still fail because there is a big lack of focus and a big underestimation or overlooking of how much it will involve the whole company. When you are a company, uh, 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 an agricultural uh, provider, so uh, an OEM that is providing uh, machines for farmers and you want to go IoT, the implications are really strong on everything in your business. It will be marketing, it will be sales channel, it will be R&D for sure, product innovation, uh, it, it will be IT, uh, security, and all those people need to be aligned all together and driven toward the, 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 the same objective. Um, if you, if, whenever you go connected, uh, you want to go connected because, well, you want a meaningful use case, but as well, you want to be connected with your end customer. A lot of OEMs are going through distributors to sell their products, especially in the B2B field. And whenever you go connected, you want to go direct, and that changes completely the relationship you have with the customer. So will your distributor like that? Uh, so, And if your distributor likes that, will your sales people like that? How the marketing will promote something bef before they were used to promote something to the distributor, and now there are features they need to explain to end users. Uh, look at IT. IT has been spending uh, 15 years to have a secured system, which is a, a stronghold, and you arrive with your uh, fancy IoT use case and you'll break all their security because you add tons of devices that can access to your data. Um, it, for uh, as well uh, fulfillment and logistic uh, channels, you'll, you'll have to do way more support to end customer because some stuff cannot work. So at the end of the day, it will be painful for almost everybody. And uh, maybe the only person that will like it will be the R&D because it's cool and it's a new use case. The rest of the organization, it's problem for them. And, and therefore, if there is no and uh, okay, we can elaborate on that, but strong alignments and strong willingness from the top level to successfully now that, usually at the first roadblock, the project can, can just go sideways and, and, and you'll see problems. I think, um, uh, I think ultimately with this, and I completely agree, I think ultimately we need to look at the end result. So the end result is for the consumer, for the user that's using this product or service, they, they, they really don't care about the organizational issues. They just care that it works. So I think sometimes we need to get this working together, don't we? You know, teams need to work collaboratively in order to care about the end result because uh, that's what's going to make the sales. That's what's going to increase demand and that's what's going to keep the pipeline going. Um, but I can completely see how IT get worried because, you know, they're running a watch guard or a firewall and all of a sudden they're opening up the ports and you've got 5,000 IoT devices and sensors being connected and, you know, and you've got this kind of disjointed nature. I guess, how do we resolve it, 
right? How do we resolve this issue in businesses? And what would be your advice with a business to uh, to be more cohesive when it comes to this kind of IoT strategy? Let's continue to to see the implications. Uh, so we see the level of detail somehow that needs to be anticipated on, on those kind of projects to be successful. Uh, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go to the solution for sure. But yeah. I'd like to grow the pain a bit more <laughs> so people see. <laughs> so people don't underestimate that. Yes. Um, and I'm not making that so they don't do IoT. I'm making that so they do uh, the right thing. Um, because at the end of the day, if people succeed, uh, we are successful. At, we take you as well. So I'd like the ecosystem to be more successful. When, when you will launch an IoT product, there is a high chance that you want to go as well for a subscription model because it will give you the ability to uh, make a crane as a service or a nozzle, a nozzle as a service because you are able to track use, usage and not just position of, of those things. So you could say the nozzle, depending on the quantity of insurance, you'll pay a certain amount based on that or a subscription based on features. And, um, so that will have a major implication on your company business model. So you start thinking that you are just adding another blade to your razor, okay? Instead of four, you have five. And no, you are changing your business model, which means silly stuff. How do you invoice subscriptions? Hmm. Is your company able to do that? Can people put their credit card and subscribe to a service that will be recurring, whereas you are a B2B company used to sell to distributors? That's That's a stupid example, but it's... Often, those kind of things that are challenging. Yeah. Finance will freak out. They were used to have maybe 10 big customers that were distributors, and now you are telling them with your fancy ID that they will have 5,000 customers, 10,000 customers to manage. Um, and that is valid for um, other uh, aspect of it. Um, you want something connected. Nice. So you start uh, thinking uh, Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or, but well, you are in a, in a farm, so you need something else. Um, so then you need uh, maybe telco uh, network, but is it working in a farm? So that means that on your design, you probably need to have a, something based on satellites or something based on Sigfox uh, if it's covered or LoRa infrastructure. And therefore that will impact your design and, and starting from just a small idea of I'll connect my devices, you end up having to uh, negotiate with telco at scale to have something that will cover all your new devices. And plus, you'll have recurring costs, which was not the case before. When you sell your products as a transaction, it's done. You did it, you produce, you sell, you make your margin, all good. Now you offer a service that will cost you infinite because let's say it will stay for 15 years, you'll pay for connectivity for 15 years. And so therefore, you need to, and someone needs to anticipate that and it's not R&D. Um, so if, if, my point here is, it's absolutely not an R&D project. It is not an R&D project, it's a company project. Um, and this is really important to, to understand, especially if, uh, you are a company that was not doing technology before or not those kind of connected technology before. It, it's a company change. 
I won't use the word transformation because it, it might be too big, but at least to be considered as a real company project that will have implication and ramification uh, everywhere. Uh, and every detail is a pain. I think, so, sorry to cut across you, Samir. I, I completely uh, agree with you. I think that's such, that's such a poignant point and it's worth repeating. It's not an R&D project. It's a company-wide project. If it was just classed as an R&D project, it's probably destined to fail for the reasons you've mentioned, right? Yeah, indeed. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and again, I've, I've, I've seen probably 300 IoT projects. Some of them were successful, for sure. Some of them were failures because of the use case, which was maybe wrong timing. Sometimes you arrive too early on the market, so, so you are kind of evangelizing the market for others, but you fail because it was too early. Mm -hmm. It's not a failure per se, but let's say you don't succeed as you like. Yes. Um, and it's probably another 50%. And the rest is about organization. Um, because you see the CEO or the top level that say, yeah, we need to go connected, get connect stuff. This is what people say. We need to connect. And you guys, the monkey coders there, just make it work. <laughs> that's, that's the best way to fail. Mm. If I may say. Thank you, Samir. I think, you know, that's absolutely, uh, incredible what you've just said. I guess the really poignant question is then. What role does leadership play in driving a successful IoT implementation? Well, I would say I would say one word, sponsor. He needs to be a sponsor. And when we say CEO, we could extend that to someone that has the authority across all those different functions. Uh, uh, R&D, uh, sales, finance, etc. So it's generally a CEO, but that can be... Uh, a general manager or a business unit manager as well. Uh, he needs to be a sponsor. And what does a sponsor do? You know, when you start a project, you have a RACI and you define accountability, responsibility, etc. The sponsor uh, is there to first uh, engage a project correctly with the why. the why. Start with the why. Why do we do all that? Why do we go through all that pain of launching an IoT project? And he needs to state that initially. We do that because that will create a new business model for our company in the future. We do that because 30% of our business will be dead in five years and we need a new product line with better function and that will help us. Or we do that because we want to know better our customers and that will help us to be more direct and connected to our markets. And he needs to state that to, the, to, the, to that extended project team because there will be roadblocks, there will be difficulties. It, it, it won't go as expected. It will be longer than expected. It will cost more money than expected. And if you lose track of that vision, you, you at the first big roadblocks, maybe the project can go sideways and stop. So the sponsor is there to start with the why, then build a project team that can be animated then by a program manager and or a, um, someone named for that. And I'm not saying that the CEO needs to do the program management, but he needs to build that project team, that steering, and make sure there is a regular tempo uh, of alignment for those people to al align all together, to uh, decide things all together, and to keep track of the why and the vision. Uh, and it's far from being helicopter view. 
the, the last thing you want to do is to say, hey, monkey coders, do me the IoT stuff that works so well, because I read on, a, on the Harvard Business Review that we need to go connected. So connect that thing and get back to me when you have something that works and you have the first sales. No, it's not like that. That won't be that easy. Uh, on the other hand, if you really do that, you have a high chance of success because in any case, even though the commercial success is not there, you still have that alignment success of the people that get to understand, apprehend IoT uh, and see the value, ask themselves the right question on how to make it successful. And if you fail the first product, the second will be successful. No issue on that because you have that alignment of people and you have as well that project routine. Uh, people under underestimate the importance of, of routines and project structure. Uh, and, and it's not just about big talks. CEO is about organizing the work mm -hmm. of people as well. Mm -hmm. And those kind of projects are cross-function, so there is no process. They are new. So it's up to the CEO to create that structure and maintain it. I, I, um, I think that's a fabulous way of putting it, and thank you for sharing it. You know, what, what kept coming out in my mind when you were talking about that was the famous example of what Blockbuster thought of Netflix when it first started, right? And, um, you know, any R&D department really should have a significant uh, impact on where the business is because the businesses do need to regenerate and they do need to stay ahead of the curve. And, and so that's really, really important that they get listened to. And it's not just in a corner of the office somewhere on the basement floor, right? Um, so I, I completely agree, you know, everyone needs to be in sync. I guess there's a balance as well, isn't there, to be had between, you know, um, keeping on track to your plan and to your North Star as a company and where you want to go and how you want to establish yourself, but being open to being agile, to be able to move with the times and listen to uh, the R&D department, listen to people and to be in sync and in unison. Um, and and, and that, that's an interesting play. Um, and But I think from what you've said and from what I've seen, uh, companies sometimes get it wrong, you know, and this is this has been one of the issues, which leads me on quite nicely, actually, to, to examples of it. Um, can you yep. can you share any uh, examples of this in 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 real life where it's either been quite successful, where companies have got it right, or unfortunately where they may have got it wrong? Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good question, and, and it's important to be specific as well and to 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 nurture the, the debate with some real case because uh, it can be a bit uh, uh, high level sometimes the discussion on IoT you know, from many people let's say so I, I appreciate the question um, I can think of um, a home up so I'll start with a failure I'm not sure, I don't know but a product that was not successful on the market let's say a uh, home appliance company that was used to do home appliance that were having some kind of technology, but not connected. And uh, they did outsource everything for the development, even the program management. So the program manager was not an internal person. He was an external and managing right. externals. That went completely sideways because you can't even measure the success. You can't even define the the program manager is the one who steers and, and defines the different steps and align all the parties together, etc. That needs to be internal. And that was a typical case of, okay, we don't know how to do, we don't even know where to start, so we'll just give it to someone else and we'll just 
push him to make it work. So that was a, a lot of extra costs, a lot of blame game in between the different providers, and a lot of information that were hidden from one provider to another, etc. And a lack of binding because at the end of the game, no one had, had skin in the game at all. It was just external providers doing their money on the project, but no one was really accountable for the success. And no internal was involved enough to, to understand what was happening high level and make it work. So that's an example of, uh, of non-success. Non uh, an example of um, success is a, a company that we've been working with that is doing professional appliances for water damage in houses. Um, and there, the CEO is highly involved. He's been involved in some workshops to define the product scope. Uh, he's monitoring really frequently, and he has been naming the VP R&D as a program manager. And so the VP R&D has extended responsibility. Besides being VP R&D, he's the one coordinating with all the teams and inviting uh, marketing for workshops, uh, inviting the sales for discussion, uh, doing a UX workshop, having everybody around the table to discuss uh, what they see as an opportunity, what is a journey we need to do. So really detailed discussion with the right people involved at the right time and the CEO in the back, uh, allowing the budget for sure and just monitoring constantly and uh, meeting the providers constantly as well to show that he it's an important topic for them, restating the vision. And first product is picking up on the markets uh, and they have an ambition of four or five different products that will be connected and at the end the complete product line will be connected. So I would say it's a, it's a good success and the use case is really meaningful. It makes uh, professionals save time and therefore money and so people will buy their professional machine as opposed to another one mm. that doesn't have that because it's useful mm. to them. They have spent more time and more money than expected though, but it's, it's a success. And the third one, which is a success of a different kind, is a crane manufacturer I can think of that went to a crane as a service uh, that wants to go as crane okay. as a service. And the good thing they did is they started small. They said, this is where we want to go, but as a first thing, We'll just connect the things, get some data, and uh, show that to customers. But we, we won't even sell that feature to start with. We'll implement it, have the customers to take it and see the value. And second step, we need to launch it as a service, which allow to keep that a bit more R&D initially, and then go to marketing and sell, say, guys, this is what we can do now with our machines. What do you want to do with that? And that approach is, is interesting as well and, and can be another angle from what I was saying before. Maybe you don't need that big project. You can as, as well start small, having in mind that you'll just make some something that works and show it to the rest of the teams mm. afterward. Mm. I, that's, that's a fabulous example. I think that's the first time I've ever heard Crane as a service. I've heard... Uh, I've heard many <laughs> as a service. It's pretty much everything in the world is as a service. It's the first time I've heard Crane. Um, the first point about having it all external, I completely agree with that. You know, I think if it's all external, then you've got no buy-in within the business and it becomes a splinter kind of project, which isn't managed by any people that are uh, like long-term in the business. And, and I can see why that can mm -hmm. be a failure, right? Um, and, and, I, and I guess, you know, 
one one would imagine is that maybe you do something like that when it's kind of the bread and butter of your business once you know it and you understand it and then you replicate it and you need to scale it therefore you kind of go external with consultants etc to do that work because it's proven it's done it's reliable when it's a feature pilot project and it's all kind of external i can see why that can fail so that's a really useful example and and likewise when the ceo is invested and interested Clearly, you know, the CEO wants to drive it forward and is leading and is, you know, that unison figure and getting everyone singing the same song, right? Which is, I think, really, really important. So again, really, really useful examples of real life examples. And and I think it's good to talk about real life examples, as, as you say, because otherwise sometimes it can be quite theoretical. Um, so moving on to sort of best practices and strategies then, you know, other than with what we spoke about, you know, what, what would be... Uh, the best kind of way to manage some of the complexities and the interoperability challenges associated with uh, delivering a go-to-market strategy for IoT, in your view? So you mean the kind of the playbook of how to successfully launch that in terms of methodology? Or yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. I would say back to that. Co collective approach and, and, and onboarding everybody. Uh, there is one thing which I really like in terms of change management and transformation and which I use when I uh, manage change in my own company, the Cotter's uh, model, you know, the eight steps uh, of changes. Uh, so probably the audience can check that online if they don't know and if they know, they, they know what I'm talking about, but it's how to deal with change in an organization and there are different steps to follow first is to create a sense of urgency. Say, guys, we need to change. We need to do that. If we don't, competition will beat us. If we don't, customer will drop us. And have people understand the pain. Is If there is no pain, there is no need for solution. And as mentioned before, IoT is painful to, 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 to develop. So the benefit needs to be higher than the pain. And the benefit will be to solve uh, an even bigger pain, which is a risk on the company or which is something else. Then you build your co coalition. Then you have the North Star. Then you need to have a project team. Uh, that and, and, and here you can use after having that project team, baby steps and lean startup steps to kind of build an MVP, test on the market as soon as possible, generate short-term wins and learn from the market, show what you can do, understand even better the use case you can have with connectivity because sometimes we don't even realize um, you need to try it with technology to, 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 to have ideas and say, hey, by the way, I'm the marketing and I, I saw your demo and that made me think that maybe we could do that with customers and things. And then you, you start to scale from there, from those kind of MVPs that show the values that show, and then you can scale. So I would say there, it's no different from any innovation project. IoT is no different from any other innovation project. It's about change management. And I would recommend a combination of, yeah, that's Cotter's eight-step model of building change in your company and the lean startup approach to develop your product itself. That's, that will be my recommendation. It might look a bit theoretical, but it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's real things that I've been using in my own company and, and doing with customers tons of times. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, Samir. And, and, and for those that aren't aware of John Cotter's eight steps of change, we'll put it in the comments uh, so people can read up about that afterwards. But uh, yeah, I, I 
I think it's a fantastic methodology and something that really does work. And it's quite logical as well, isn't it? When you think about it, you know, it's a, it's a logical approach. And I think a lot of it, specifically if we're talking about John Cotter, is um, uh, human mentality and nature itself. And it's working with human mentality and nature and understanding how people uh, think and then to be able to adapt a solution around that, you know. And that starts with creating urgency. The fear of loss, the, Indeed. The, the creating it, you know, getting getting it wrong. What if, what if we can't get to market soon enough? So, I think that's that's some fabulous advice. Um, and and how about uh, Samir, a a company that is is struggling uh, with maybe IoT product failures or are looking to improve this organizational approach at the moment? You know, would you would you say that again they need to go back to the drawing board and and look at you know. Uh, Cotter's eight steps of change or is there anything else that you'd like to, to add to someone that's already tried to do it but has failed and and perhaps is thinking oh you know I might throw the towel in and not do anything more in IoT yeah. no I think and there probably my answer will be a bit generic and basic but I would say people need to talk meaning take all the people in the involved in the project and uh, and and the management and say, okay, this is where we are. We have not succeeded the way we wanted. Can we reflect on the why? Can we reflect on why we want to go for IoT? I mean, it's never too late to do that exercise. So have the right people around the table, discuss the topic. Okay, we did that wrong. Okay, that, that, that. Maybe you need some external help then and some consultant or some to kind of uh, help facilitate that, but just make the learnings you need to do about what you uh, did so far. Restart with the why and restart that process of, okay, why, sense of urgency, uh, vision, and then UX design of, the, of something meaningful for our customers. Uh, you, it's never too late. And I think it's, um, you haven't lost when you did already mistakes before. I mean, it's all, Easy to say that it's always painful, but you'll go faster the second time. Nice. You'll, it's sure you go faster. So that I would say for some companies that have been failing, I would say first congratulation. You you've been through the hardest part, the first one. Yeah. The second one will be easier. You know that for sure. You're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience, right? Exact. Exact. Uh, and, and for our viewers and listeners, I'm sure if you contact me or Samir, we might know a few people that might be able to help you. Or we might be able to put, we might be able to put you in the right direction, certainly. Uh, <laughs> in, insert plug. Um, uh, Samir, thank you so much for coming on to the IoT podcast. It, it's been great to get to the kind of nuts and bolts of why uh, some companies are successful and why perhaps some aren't. And, and it's nice to hear it from yourself, uh, given the position that you're in in the business, you know, 200 people and scaling and multiple projects over multiple continents. Um, this is real life information, which is incredibly valuable to people. And hopefully people can listen to this podcast and then perhaps go to their leadership team and say, hey, listen to this. Maybe it can help, right? Um, so I'd really... I hope so. Yeah, I think, well, it's got, uh, look, you know, what's good... What's good for the industry is good for everyone, right? And I think that's really, really important. This is this is a movement over time, and uh, we need more successful implementations to build off others and to create more real-life examples. So this isn't just featured in Harvard Business Review or a Gartner report. And I think 
the success of IoT is measured in the fact that people will stop talking about it because it's just there and it's done and it's intrinsic. I absolutely agree. Intrinsically linked, right? So. Yeah, that's that's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so maybe as we come to the end of the podcast, we always wrap up by asking a series of questions. Um, I have a question for you, and it's a pretty it's a pretty generic one, but an interesting one because it's always different for different people. Um, what would your prediction for IoT be in 2023? Uh, and if you were to showcase at the end of the year something that might come come into fruition, what what would that be? Um. I would say the fact that IoT is um, now beyond the hype. I mean, we, we now AI is the hype. Yes. Okay? So everybody talks about AI, and it's a good thing because that means it will become real now, IoT. Because now it's not fancy anymore, it's not sexy anymore to talk about it because people are actually working on it. And it's, we are in, so my bet is real. IoT will now be more successful this year. So that's my generic statement. Then uh, maybe a more specific is uh, towards IoT platform I and IoT solutions uh, that are enablers for uh, OEMs, for device makers, okay? That will be verticalized. So the, yeah, the, the horizontal approach of providing something that is general purpose uh, will move to verticalization and you'll have IoT solution for uh, agriculture, agriculture um, OEMs. You'll have IoT solution for uh, off-road vehicles uh, manufacturers. You'll have IoT solution for medical devices because there will be more needs for uh, certification, for uh, use case-oriented features, etc. So that, that's my bet for 2023 as a trend. And the third one is uh, we think you will be really successful this year. That's, that's my bet. <laughs> well, that well that's. That's not a bet. That's just a foregone conclusion, right? <laughs> exactly. Thanks for that, Tom. Thank you, Samir. Uh, some really valuable insights there, especially into 2023. And uh, as I mentioned, I'm sure it's a foregone conclusion about the growth of Wetechio as opposed to it being a bet. But it's been wonderful having you on the IoT podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Tom. Thanks a lot. Uh, it was a pleasure for me and a really interesting discussion. Thanks for tuning in to the IoT podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. See you next week for more IoT talks and tales.